wings, listen up. Today's run is vitally important to our cause. Set your frequencies to Dice Time, a Star Wars Legion podcast and part of the Legion Academy Collective. Your lead wing captain today will be Ben Gedron, and your support ship leader will be Paul Watson. Let's show them what we're made of, Rebels. Ho, ho, ho! Welcome, everyone, to Dice Time! I'm Ben Jetron. I'm Paul Watson. And today, we're going to be pulling off the heist of the year, right here at the end of the year. Paul, how are you feeling? I'm ready. You ready? We have I'm ready a for this jam- Yeah, we have a <laughs> jam-packed show today, so we've got so many things to talk about, which is why we were a little delayed. We had to get ready for this heist. So today, we're going to be talking about Dynamic Exit, the scenario, we, I, I hosted an event for the dynamic exit scenario, and I'm going to just quickly go through that. We have we got to get through all of our topics real quick today, because I don't want this to be a four-hour show, and it easily could be. Absolutely. Um, the, we have a little bit of intel um, for the new shape of what Legion could look like next, uh, at the start of next year, because um, we got a points change this month, and then we got a little bit of leaks of what the new, of uh, some new rules changes that are happening next month. And then we're just going to kind of recap, you know, how this year in Legion has been. Not a deep dive or anything like that, but just a quick little quick little recap of how our, uh, how our year went with Legion. So, uh, Paul, first off, foremost, um, we're getting, we're about an hour out from the, uh, about hour, hour and a half, we'll see, from the, uh, from the heist, from the spot of the heist, and uh, I need you to to put on this costume, if you would. This is part of it. Here's the mask, and then here's the, the, the rest of it. Here you go. There, there's yours. You you know what this is, right? It, it's a heist outfit, right? I'm... No. Okay. What You got a problem with it? What's wrong with it? Not your color? The, this, this is more like ceremonial stuff, not necessarily heist stuff. What's, wait, what's ceremony? You, you know Life Day? Oh, is that what these are? Oh, these are life day robes. You know, now that you say it, I totally see it. Well, that's yeah, fine. You know, it, you, you know, it's just—it's not like we're stealing from your people or anything. You know, it's—it's—it's—it's it's, it's, it's fine. You know, uh, I'll, no, it's, I'll it's, do, it's okay, I will, Paul. I will do this for you. Okay, great. Because there might actually be Wookies where we're stealing from, but that's that's neither here nor there. <clears throat> so we're going to be talking about dynamic exit point changes because point changes—that's a big thing that happened this month—is the reason why we were a little delayed. Otherwise, we would be, we try to aim for the first Sunday of each month, and when I was told, you know, we got point changes coming just after when you would record, I was like, ah, we can push it back a little bit. And then the longer we pushed it back, the more stuff came out, and we were just like, ah, we're going to have so much to talk about. Yeah, so. and we're, we're not even going to talk about all the things. We'll save some for next no, month. No, and yeah, <laughs> we, we, we even shelved some stuff for next month. We were just like, all right, well, you know, we can't get it all. Win some, you lose some. But uh, the heist that we're going to be taking is going to be, we are stealing, are you ready for this, Paul, the rules for Legion that will be happening next month. We are we are stealing the core rulebook tonight. I'm ready. I'm ready to look through that thing. So we will be getting all that news, and then next month, after it officially releases, we will then share with you the contents of our ice. So we'll have it. Trust it. You'll just have to trust us that we have it. Yeah. So, sorry, we only record once a month. 
That's all right. You know, if we were to recorded more, we could have maybe given it early. But oh yeah, then we could have told you early. That's definitely the only thing that was hindering us. <laughs> um. So yeah, let's go ahead and uh, Paul. I'm, if you're ready, I'm ready to just dive right in. Yeah, let's do it. All right. So first up, foremost, the thing that was going to be the topic this month until all the other stuff started avalanching was dynamic exit. So this was, as a reminder for those who don't know, a this was the next organized play scenario kit that came out from Atomic Mass Games after the Dianoga uh, expansion, that scenario. So this came with a set of rules, cards, all that sort of stuff to uh, host your own event yourself. You can do this with a number of a uh, number of players. I think it's eight players is what they accommodate for. And they give you all the cards, all the rules for everyone to have their own set of stuff. It even also comes with an alt art of uh, this month. It was uh, Shadow Collective Mall, which was very cool. Looked very cool. And they give you enough to have some for everybody. They even give you four different languages. If for some reason your event takes place in a multinational um, quadlingual area, you can still accommodate for all of your players. That's so awesome. For, very <laughs> forward thinking. Um, so yeah, the I'm not going to go through. I might have at another at, a, at an earlier version of this show, but uh, I am not going to go through all of the rules of which dynamic exit take place. I'm going to let you find those and read them yourself because uh, I might have been another version of the show, but I cannot anymore uh, because of our time. So I'm going to be talking about this event as if you knew the rules to dynamic exit, but also at the same time, even if you don't know dynamic exit. So just I'm I'm just going to be referring it, what, what I mean by that is I'm going to re- refer to rules like alert and check manifest and stuff assuming that you know what that means and if you don't care what it means then you'll just hear about the event so there you go uh so we had a small little group of players we I think we had four players including myself um which I only played one game later um so I just monitored for the first couple rounds and then I played one game with one of the players afterward. Uh, we had, yeah, so we had a couple rounds where we had mostly Empire and Separatist. So we had one Empire player and three Separatist players. A lot of diversity there. A lot of diversity there, yeah. <laughs> there was a lot of droids and uh, not a lot of um, not a lot of anybody else. But, uh, you know, that's it is what it is. Um, I brought Rebels, of course, obviously. Everyone, everyone, I think, had fun with it. It was just, like, I, I don't know if I said this in the last time we talked about Dynamic Exit, but it is a lot of rules. It is not an event that I recommend for people that are just getting into the game or that feel overwhelmed by the amount of rules or anything in the game at, at current. Uh, it's, it, it's definitely a small rule book that you're learning just for this event. And if you're not, and if you, like... If you're going to run this event, let me tell you this straight up from the get-go. Talk to your players and tell them that you want to do this event for multiple reasons. One, you're going to find out whether your players want to do it or not. This is not an event that I would recommend to people if your players don't want to play this event. Because this is a commitment. If, like, if you're not into Dynamic Exit, 
you're not going to want to learn this small novel of rules just to play dynamic exit because you're just not going to, you're not going to want to do it. So if your players don't want to try this or don't want to play this, do not force it on them. Uh, I'm not speaking from experience, but I, I'm, I am, but I'm not, not this, not this event, but I've had, I've had games where, with, uh, with people where that kind of thing has happened where it's like, I don't want to force this on you if you don't want to do it. <laughs> Uh, so definitely for that reason, check with them ahead of time. Also check with them ahead of time because one of the things in this scenario is the very specific army building that it has. You know, there's no support units that are allowed. These, there are certain keywords, bounty, infiltrate, scout, secret mission that all can't be used. Uh, and you've got to make a blue and a red list because the point totals are different. So, uh, I told, so I told everybody up front, the basic rules of what they needed to know for army building before coming to the event. And everyone came with two lists ready to go with all the, and all the lists were legal and it was all good. So that part was successful. I highly, I highly recommend communicating or making some kind of post with your community, talking about the different rules and necessities that need to be done for this event beforehand, because it's a lot to just walk into and be like, Oh, well, here we go. Unless you've got really versatile players that are just like down for anything at any given time and can uh, spin on their heels and make a list on the spot, then I'd say those people are probably fine. But for everyone else, you definitely want to communicate this kind of stuff in advance. Um, as far as how the scenario actually plays, it can be a little confusing uh, with some of the wordings because I don't think the wording of everything is necessarily perfect or super clear in some cases. So I would definitely recommend, uh, right before I ran the event, uh, we, I suggested it for Friday Night Fights to do that. So you can actually go, and they did uh, a, a Friday Night Fights. They did the dynamic exit scenario, and it is one of the, at the time of recording, I think only two, maybe three, videos on YouTube of dynamic exit being played at all. So there's not a whole lot of YouTube battle report experience of dynamic exit out there. So I can, I think as the time of recording, say that Fantasy Flight does the, or uh, Fantasy Flight, Friday Night Fights does the best job of, uh, of explaining to you and showing you how that, how that scenario works. So, um, I would recommend that to you. And then probably talking with people who have had, who have done Dynamic Exit before you do your own event. Uh, so I would, I would, and, and that includes me. If you, if anyone wants to reach out to me and talk about dynamic exit, I'm more than happy to, because I love this scenario. I don't love that, how many rules it has, but I do love how it plays once you have all those rules down. And once you do it, because Paul, we're thematic players. We love the thematicness of Legion. This is definitely like the thematicness of Legion, like at its pinnacle, I want to say, because this is all theme. In fact, it says on the card, like, you and your players, or you and your players, for a narrative-driven experience, should collaborate during list building to tell a specific story. And I was doing that all day. I was just like coming up with stories for everybody, like as their heist was going on. It's like, oh well, you know, the Count Dooku and uh, Darth Maul are moving in to try and they're they're racing each other for Palpatine's attention to go get this thing from these clones or whatever, you know. It's just like it's just it's just fun. I like it. It's fun to just come up with that those kind of stories, and I usually like to do that in my head for any Legion game I'm doing. But uh, here, it's just is really fun. I also told everyone to come with a heist theme, the, the theme song that you play for 
when you're about to launch a heist. I <laughs> love it. Which is actually a really fun if, if if you're uh in the if you're in the market for a music exercise for yourself, find out what your heist theme is. It's actually a harder question than you think. The song that you play right as your the heist that you're doing is about to start. What song plays? Anyway, yes, yeah. it's, I don't think it's a question anyone knows offhand. <laughs> I think it's one you have to actually sit down and think about. But um, the tokens, the half range stick, the flat footed tokens, it's all definitely an experience that all needs a lot of reading and understanding. But once you actually read and understand it, I think the game uh, flows pretty in a, in a in a pretty fun way. So if you're looking for a new way to play Legion, or if you're looking for a new thematic way to play Legion, uh, if, as if you're okay with a lot of rules that you've got to learn just for this kind of scenario, I would I would highly recommend it. So, there's that, with the nuances of that. Um, and, as an added bonus, I will even share with you the blue and red list that I that I made for the event. And then, if you want, you can, well, actually, it's not going to be legal anymore as of our, <laughs> as of with these point changes, because I, as I look <laughs> at it, I'm like, oh, actually, these are all like, this is like a, this is like 20 points more now, but whatever. Um, so beforehand I had, so I guess I won't go into specifics since you can't run it anymore, but, uh, I had Lando, Vigilance, Situational Awareness, and then I had Din with Up Close Personal, Situational Awareness, Comms Relay, Jetpack, and Rifle, and Grogu. Then I had Rebel Trooper with the Specialist, and then three Z6 Rebels, and that was my blue list. So four ninety nine is what that cost used to be. Uh, not anymore to these days. And then my red list for when I was on defense was a Rebel Officer with Vigilance. Din kitted out, I think, the exact same way I just said. Two rebel veterans with extra bodies and two medium blaster troopers. That list used to be three ninety nine, and uh, it was a pretty solid defense list. I really enjoyed my red list. Um, so, with that being said, there's a couple fun nuances, Paul, that I have discovered with Dynamic Exit, and the short version of it is, if you want to be a jerk, there's some funny things that you could do with Din. Two fun interactions I found. Interesting. Well, so one of them is small, green, and eats <laughs> frogs, and that's Grogu. And here's the fun interaction with Grogu. Normally, when you're thinking about taking Grogu in your list, you're you're kind of weighing a scale. You know, you're like, I could get these free heals, and I could get this extra one health, and I could get these abilities to, like, uh, suppress my opponents. I could do all that. But at the off, co- the off cost is that if, Gro- if or when Grogu dies, he's a potential victory point that my opponent can pick up. Paul, do you know what I'm, go- do you know what the, do you know what the workaround is with Dynamic Exit? I want to know. There's no victory points in Dynamic Exit. You either win or you lose. So there's no reason if you're bringing Din to not or IG11 to not bring Grogu because there's no downside to Grogu in Dynamic Exit. You can't give your opponent a victory point and then have the score come out different because it's either you win or you lose. Yeah, that's interesting. 
So Grogu is a 17-point upgrade that I highly recommend to anyone who can take him in Dynamic Exit. Uh, there is no downside to him. Now, that's my second favorite uh, fun interaction with Dynamic Exit. My absolute favorite one is everyone's favorite uh, hot take uh, gun that everyone said was going to break the game. So I found a reason for people that don't like it to not like it just a little bit more. And that's Din's Ambin Rifle. So, okay. yeah, I was going to say, get get ready for this one. Strap on your boots, kids. The red player has the condition of being flat-footed. And I'm going to quickly, quickly go through what flat-footed means. While a unit has a flat-footed token, it cannot perform attacks, gain standby tokens, use arm, detonate, or fire support. If a unit has a flat-footed token, if it suffers one or more wounds, gains one or more suppression tokens after defending, or begins its activation while engaged, you can remove its flat-footed token. So, everyone, all, all the red players, all the red activations start with that flat-footed token. Um, and another thing that's not listed for flat-footed, but it is part of the scenario, everyone's range on all of their weapons is reduced by one to a minimum of one, but a maximum of three. So all the sniper rifles in the game are capped out at three, range three. Okay, yeah. So here's the thing. On red, with this flat-footed token, Din Djarin can still snipe people turn one who have just started the game. Turn one, activation one, if you can see, if, if Din Djarin can see somebody, no range, if you can see them, you can still snipe them. Ooh. Because it's not an attack. It is not a weapon that has range. It is just two actions. Move speed one, pick someone at line of sight of Din, which line of sight is not restricted. The weapon ranges on all weapons is restricted. Roll the dice, and that unit suffers wounds. It is not an attack, and it does not have weapon range. It's just a two-action effect that happens. It is not hindered in any way, shape, or form. So as the red player, while you're flat-footed, Din Djarin can still snipe the blue player who's coming at him. Look at you getting gamey. I know! I got so <laughs> gamey with Dynamic Exit. Because I was sitting there dissecting the rules of Dynamic Exit, and Din Djarin came out, like, right before Dynamic Exit, I think. Or we were yeah. learning all the rules for him at the same time. So it was just, like, relevant for me to see these weird crossovers and be like, hey, wait a minute. Hey, this happens. Hey, wait a minute. This isn't restricted. Yeah, it's one of those things that uh, they probably didn't think a whole lot about. No. Says, yeah, it definitely had to slip through the cracks there. Because, <laughs> uh... I will be the first one to say that that is not thematic and not how that was intended. Yeah. Did I do it for one game? Well, yeah, because <laughs> I had to have some kind of reward for finding this. <laughs> but yeah, it's uh, so, and it was funny because the, there's a computer terminal that Din Djarin can sit on, like right as, right as he spawns based on the deployment. And the and activating the terminal is a free action, so I was like, okay, well, I'll just 
I'll spawn Dinjarin on this terminal. He'll free action, touch, do the objective on the terminal, and then two actions snipe you. <laughs> yeah. And uh, it's way more than any other red character would be able to do. So I have waited many months to be able to say that, and I wanted to say it to the masses on the podcast first. <laughs> because we're nothing if not gaming mean people. If you've listened to every episode, you know that's exactly who we are. No, that's not true. <laughs> If this is your first episode, no, that's not true, I swear. But yeah, um, I think for the most part, just because we're on the time crunch mode and we're trying to get through a lot of stuff, I think that's going to be it for Dynamic Exit. It was going to be a little more Dynamic Exit themed of an episode, but uh, I think for time's sake, we're going to we're going to call it there. I think that was a pretty good place to end it. That's a, you know, 20 minute segment. So I'm, I'm cool with that. Yeah. I, uh, I'm still interested in playing that one because I haven't gotten a chance to yet. I recommend it. I also recommend Din <laughs> because apparently <laughs> he's good for it. Uh, so Paul, we got point changes. We have this little, I have this little scrap of Intel of the new points that we're going to steal. And this is, I have this, and then I have two rules leaks as my leads, and I put these together and I was able to figure out where the, where we're able to steal these rules from. But while we have these in our hands, we might as well look at them, right? Uh, might as well. So, point changes. The, everything that, I don't know about you, Paul, you can tell me what you think. Everything that I wanted to have happen, happened in these point changes. Yeah, I there wasn't anything in these point changes that I was like really surprised by. Right. It was yeah, it was very I think everything that I wanted plus maybe one or two things. Oh, and then you know, I also got uh what's what's the family friendly way to say this? Uh I got not Something happened I didn't like a lot, <laughs> which was all of the, which was the massacre of the generic upgrades <laughs> and then basically doubling, uh, in some cases, over doubling in price. Yeah, there, there, I will say there were a couple that I'm not sure if they were needed, um, but again, overall for the points changes, I wasn't super surprised with most of it, so... Right. So let's go ahead and go through. I think this is going to be the best way to do it. So I'm going to go through what went down in price first. Okay. And we'll go by faction. And then we'll go with what raised. And then we'll also go by faction there. All right. Sounds so like let's, So let's start with what lowered. And let's start with the big, most important one. Let's start with the Republic because they are. Let's see, 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11 things went down in cost, and Gar is 10 of them. So it's kind of a, it's kind of a Gar fest. Yeah, it, which, I mean, I don't, again, wasn't super surprised with the changes. So. No, and that's one of the things I honestly wanted, because we weren't seeing them anymore. Because I think, and we've said it before, I think Gar got double nerfed when they went up in points and then also changed how Clone Trooper worked. Right. When they changed it to no standby sharing, I think Gar got double nerfed, and then the peep, and then everyone was like, "I'm out." Yeah, I think everything was still trying to like settle in from that big overall yeah. uh, 
you know, way back when. <laughs> so Yeah. So arcs went down four points, strike team went down three points, the base clone phase two clone trooper went down two points. And then a lot of this, which Paul you were saying is something you really like, and you can kind of talk about it in just a second. Um pretty much all the phase one upgrade troopers went down in some points. So the phase one, the DC-15 went down two points. The DP-23 went down two points. The Z-6 went down a point. The clone commander upgrade went down two points. The Comtech went down a point. The engineer went down four points, and the medic went down a whopping five points. Yeah, I'm really, and, and we'll get into this even a little bit more with some of the rules leak stuff later, mm-hmm. but the the thing that I really liked about these point changes for the clones is they didn't for the phase ones, right? Like the art troopers needed a, a reduction. They just, uh, everyone likes them, but like nobody's playing them. Right. Um, but overall the like phase ones, they didn't make the base unit cheaper because I don't think like the phase one unit is a bad unit. And I think the points are okay there, but it, what they did with these points really kind of incentivizes in my mind of having these full squads of elite clone troopers right rather rather than doing the well i'm going to take a cheap four-man unit just for objectives um and this kind of incentivizes those other upgrades and specifically the ones that i really like the point decreases on which for me will get at least a couple of them into a list are the medic slash engineers. Um, Those point drops were good because now when you're paying 15 points, you're getting a clone trooper body plus you're getting a a heal, right? Right. And for Republic, that heal average is about 10 points, right? Like Mm -hmm. for the... And that's for their basic troops, right? So you're you're getting essentially 20 points worth of stuff for 15, but it felt really bad paying 20 points for a clone trooper that can only heal one time. Right. 15 points for a clone trooper, like now he's in a he's in a spot where it's like, do I do I just spend the extra five points to get this heal? I think you do. And, and I think now, like. Being at 15, I think it, it it potentially is worth finding the five points to fit them in. Whereas before it was, the answer was, do you want to spend 10 extra points for one heal? And the answer was almost always no. It was like, you're buying a fifth body. Do you want to buy a sixth body? Right, but Same not cost. actually, yeah, but now but you're buying that a sixth discount. body reduced in effectiveness because it has to rely on wounds right so it's like uh yeah where now it's like yeah i you know i can find a a way to heal that unit or even if it's just for that unit i want to have uh my base clone trooper with the medic and so i'm just going to have a five man like naked squad but it's going to be like that's going to be my objective squad but now all of a sudden, that's a really tanky squad. <laughs> it's right, got five black it's got dice. Six, it's got and six, six bodies, wounds. technically. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I, I just, I like what they're doing there because the clone troopers have always, they're always supposed to be the elite troopers, right? Yeah. Of all yep. of the factions. 
but I felt like we got to a point where it's like, uh, you don't really want to take the extra bodies on them. You don't want to, you don't want to spend all the extra points on, on all the extras for them to make them really those really elite you. troops. Right. Cause it's already the most expensive faction. And so now with these point changes a little bit, it opens up some doorways. Again, it's not, it's not like you're going to fit everything in there. You're not, clones are not droids. Like you're not going to have spam <laughs> stuff, but right. you might have, you might have a couple squads of like nice elite clone troopers now. Which will feel can, good. Yeah, which will feel really good as a, as a Gar player. And again, we'll get into it a little bit more probably when we talk about the rules changes that I think also are going to add to that. So. All right. So the other point reduction is the the remaining one point reduction in the game that in this point change is in the Empire. The DLT 19D Death Trooper went down four points. Not much to say there, except that not a lot of people are playing Death Troopers, but if they are playing Death Troopers, that's the upgrade they have on them. So nice to see that. Yeah, it, it like you said, I don't know that I'm seeing Death Troopers all the time, but when I am seeing them, most of the time they have that upgrade, and so it's just making it a little bit cheaper for the people who do want to bring those Death Troopers. So good on Death Troopers. Now let's go to where everything else happened, which is all the point increases. Um, When I first saw this, Paul, when I was, like, looking at everything, and, and, like, this point changes, everything was mostly increases. And, like, I think, I'm pretty sure the, the dominant side of this is point increases. And if it's Half and half, it, well, it's actually not half and half. It, it is, it is more increases than it is decreases. But even if this were half and half, uh, I, I recall a, uh, our, our old, our old overlords were saying how they wanted point changes to always be like mostly decreases to feel good, not increases to feel like ban lists. Yeah. But I, but I, even saying that, and I'm not criticizing anyone for anything, but even having said that, I do like that a lot of these things went up because they, I think they needed to go up. Either these, either either these do, like dozen things needed to go up, or everything else in the game needed to come a couple points down. <laughs> yeah, and yeah, I think and this I, was the right move. Yeah, and I think. I get what they're trying to do when they were, you know, talking about, you know, they, they want to reduce the amount of feels bad stuff that's going on. I think that's evident in the like rules too, that they're going for, um, that they're trying to make it so that people don't feel oppressed all the time when something changes. But at the same time, I feel like some of these things, um, like a lot of these increases are newer, units right so some of these things i just don't know that it was fully realized you know as things are getting play tested like yeah how it would come out and how effective certain units uh would be and so yeah i think i think some of these are absolutely necessary um just with where they were at they needed a little bit of a tweak just to to bring them on par with some other areas so so let's go ahead and go to increases, and we're going to go ahead and start with Empire, because we were just on Empire. Um, they only got one increase, only one decrease, only one increase. 
Um, the DF-90 Mortar Trooper went up by two points. Yeah, and that... Sorry like, for you guys. Yeah, I mean, the thing is, you're ta- you're still taking them. The two points is right. not... You're, if you're bringing Shores, that. you're bringing the Mortars. Like, that's... It's just, right. you're doing it. <laughs> and it, I don't know that that really feels all that crazy of a points increase. I mean, there's no, still so a durable little crit generating machine that, you know, is an extra activation. It's it's still a really solid unit for 40 points. So we'll go to the, the real losers of this point update, the CIS. Uh, at least the competitive CIS, I should say. Competitive CIS players were the absolute losers of this point change update. <laughs> Uh, the RPS-6 Magna Guard went up by six points, and here it comes, the biggest point change that you're going to see in this whole update, up or down. The nose-mounted ion blaster on the spider droids went from 10 points to 25. That is a 15-point increase. And for those of you who are keeping track of these point changes at home, you'll notice that all I've said so far is single digits. This is a double-digit and the only double-digit change as far as this whole points chart is concerned for this month's update. So it was a big change. (laughs) Yeah, I I think those two changes were big. CIS had so much impact on units that they wanted to take anyway. Um, and, And then adding that super super cheap ion platform on those those spider droids yep that that was just a really scary combination for anybody who wanted to run vehicles having the magna guard being so cheap with their rockets and then the ion on the on the spider droids being that cheap so i you know again not super surprised that these changes are out there cuz we saw a lot of those two units um being used and they were very effective right yeah. and here's the thing there's they're still going to be effective now you might not spam the ion guns anymore Right, which place. I think what I'm I'm glad that that's how they chose to do it because I think that was probably the problem. Yeah, I don't know that the spider droid itself is in a bad spot, nor the magna guard themselves. Right. I right. think it was the way that yeah, I think it was the way that people were spamming these specific upgrades that made them so lethal in competitive play. I think you can still bring magna guard and the spider droids by themselves and be perfectly fine. Yeah. So and, and if I you, think that was handled well. Yeah. And I think the Magna Guard, like, here's the thing. You're still going to see that rocket because it's, it's a really well, solid, yeah. it's a really solid thing. Six points. But, you, can eat, you can eat that and just have to take something out somewhere else. Yeah. Uh, and so if, again, if you're, if you're paying the premium for Magna Guard, you're, and you want that in that versatility for that unit, Right. You're going to bring it. You're going to pay those extra points. But now it also kind of incentivizes those other upgrades that it has too, which is, which I really like. I like when the point changes make you think endless building. It's like, yeah, do I spend all those points for that rocket or do I take the cheaper? like versions of the that upgrade slot and save those points to put elsewhere. Yeah. And so I, I like when, when 
points changes do that for us and make us uh, get more options to the table than uh, we were used to seeing. So I like it. Coming in at second place as the biggest losers of this point update, the Shadow Collective. Yeah. This right here, I was the probably out of everything, this right here might have made me the most happy as far as what I saw as points upgrades because who, when those came out, they were and still kind of are to a degree running totally rampant with no disregard. Yeah, and I think part of that is the combination of them just being available, like all in all the factions. Like you can just use them in so many areas, and so for them being so cheap, it it was just causing them to be used everywhere. (laughs) Exactly. So um, the Pike Syndicate Capo went up three points. The Foot Soldiers, the basic unit, went up four points. The Syndicate Capo, I believe this is, yeah, this is the upgrade version uh, that goes on the normal unit, uh, went up two points. And then the Black Sun Vigo went up two points. The upgrade, I should say. The upgrade version of the Vigo went up two points. I'm actually surprised that Black Sun got out as clean as they did. Because they're, um, I expect, I really expected, like, the Magnet to go up or the, um, or the base unit to go up. And neither of those went up. And I think those are the things that are honestly like the, I mean, not just not just to say that Black Sun in general are the problem, but I I honestly kind of think the Magnet might be the. Uh, it would have been one of those cases where it's like, hey, if I wanted to fix this unit, I might make both of the heavies go up like two points, three points, or something. Yeah, you're still gonna pay it, but like you're not your list isn't gonna be as flushed out as it was even if you spam this. It was just I don't know. Like I'm happy that the Pikes got. I'm not going to say I'm happy the Pikes got hit, but I'm happy the Pikes got hit. <laughs> just just a little. I think they just needed that, like, what, four-point, three-point, and two-point hit that they did. I think that's all they needed. I don't think it needs to be – I think maybe it'll settle now and we'll be good. Yeah, I think it's one I of just those think things that yeah. it, if you're going to take them, like if you want them in your list for what they bring – then you're still going to bring them. I just think you, yeah, and I, and you are. I just think you were maybe getting away with it too cheaply. Right. Before. And I think, again, it just opens up, like, it's a slight increase, right? But it it's, is. Enough of, it's enough of an increase to, to, think to make it. you think, like, do, do I really put them in there, or do I just go with the troops that I already have access to? Because let me say this, at 40 points... They're a, they're almost a better core unit than just about any base core unit in the game, right? And that's what and like forty points is like what you'd pay for any other core unit of the faction. Now, right. the, obviously, there are nuances to the list building that you would need to do. Like you need to include your own basic core because you can't these don't count towards your minimum, um, and they and they don't share the courage of your commander. But I don't know the. Uh, but I think the benefits you got off of, like, their keywords and their scrappiness, I think you were getting a really good deal for paying 40 points for them. Right. And then, what, the 16 points for the capo originally? Yeah, it, it, it was, like, a no-brainer for me. I was like, I'm I'm pretty sure every army I have now runs at least one pike as an objective unit because they're just so scrappy and hard to kill. Right. 
they always get like a if you run them with a capo. Which <coughs> if I didn't have a separate capo unit, and I still suggest this for people, if you're not running a separate capo unit, always, always, always put a capo upgrade on there to get them up to that two courage because otherwise they're gonna like panic as soon as as soon yeah. as at the sign of any trouble. Um, but they have you know. They have danger sense. They have independent dodge and with the capo surge. And then they have outmaneuver. If you haven't faced pikes, they're tougher to kill than you think. They only have a white defense save, but like with danger sense, outmaneuver, and getting a dodge every turn, they're scrappy. (laughs) They actually hang on. Uh, I remember the first time I went against Pikes, and I was like, yeah, they're white defense save, you know, they'll, they'll have that dodge, but whatever, that doesn't save them. And I, like, blew, I, like, blew three units of mine on offense shooting in them in heavy cover, and, like, I maybe killed two of them. And I was just like, wow, what the heck? This should have, like, wiped the unit with that many activations. Yeah. And it just did not. So... Yeah, well, I mean, that's all for Shadow Collective, really. And then, finally, we have the uh, the loss that everyone took, which is the generic upgrades. Yeah. This was the, uh, this was the bullet that uh, everyone had to bite. That um, Whether you were happy or sad about the rest of those point changes that happened, whether your faction got better or worse, uh, you had to bite an additional bullet <laughs> that came at everybody. Up close and personal went up three points. Tenacity went up two points. I feel like during this segment, I want, I, like, I'm not going to edit it in, but, like, I want the, like, the fall of the Jedi Temple music to be playing while I'm <laughs> reading these parts up. So up close and personal went up three points. Tenacity went up two points. Situational awareness went up two points. Offensive push went up two points. Burst of speed went up seven points. And Vigilance went up seven points. Absolutely maddening that all of that stuff went up that much. It was the bullet that everyone had to bite. And Uh, then finally, finally, well, well, one more, Paul. And this one was the one that really sparked everybody, rubbed everyone the wrong way, felt like innocence had died and that the game is totally going to be busted next month. Are you ready? Grappling hooks went from one point to two points. Yeah, I I, dis- <laughs> I disagree with that one. That's the out of the all of them that all these changes. Atomic the mass one. games, you're canceled. Yeah, they they <laughs> messed up on that one. There was no reason to hit those grappling hooks. And now I ha- I can't spam them anymore. With every unit that I have, everyone in my <laughs> list was taking grappling hooks. Even at one point, I was like, eh, I'm still not taking them. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah, for real, everyone was, it, it was a meme that grappling hooks was even included in the points change. Yeah, it's just like that, I, I will say, that is the one that I was like, really? Because at Yeah, two it's points, like, why are you here? Yeah, at two points, I'm like, do you just take, um... The, the exhaustible one? I'm just drawing a blank on its title. Uh, oh, well, um, that gives you scale. Uh-huh. Yeah, I know. The Ascension Cables. Ascension Cables. Yeah, yeah. Like, no, that's the only thing. Do you points for Ascension Cables? Yeah, <laughs> of course you do, yes. Because but, Ascension but Cables point, is infinitely better than right. grappling hooks. Right, but at one point, it's like, 
Well, I could just put one point on this unit. But you're to, not getting to the help same keyword. Right, but it would help him climb. It's one point. But now when you're like, man, two points for that? I don't know. I don't think I'd take that. <laughs> well, and he, and what everyone's saying is they feel like the reason that that's happening is because there's going to be some kind of change to elevation or scale or clambering. Like, there's going to be some kind of change coming in the next month where, like, grappling hooks might actually be back on the table for someone to actually think about. Yeah. Because for me, I for me it was like, I'm the, and this is just a weird analogy, but it's the one that popped in my head. I'm, like, running a 10-year, uh, re- like, class reunion, and, like, a 50-year-old alumni shows up, and I'm like, oh, you, yeah, you did go to this school, but, but like, why are you here? <laughs> right. Like, why are you at this event right now? <laughs> I was like, oh, hey, old man grappling hooks, like, <laughs> this isn't your, like, this isn't your game anymore. Why are you here? <laughs> Yeah, it'll be interesting to see if there's something that comes out. Uh, now, now the rest of them, though, like a lot of these upgrades, I can't say that I'm surprised that we're seeing points increases on them, no. right? Like, yeah. up close Some and of personal them feels real good. Yeah. Tenacity's on a lot of things. Offensive mm-hmm. push is on a lot of things. Mm-hmm. Vigilance is really good. Now, it did get hit really hard. That but, got hit the hardest, I think. Yeah, that, that, it, that seems two and like a, half a lot. Times its base cost increase. It's it's a good upgrade. I don't I don't know if it needed that much. It it almost seems like they're doing with vigilance kind of what they did with e stems. I completely agree. Where it was like, oh man, everyone's taking e stems. It's so good. Uh, we're gonna. We're going to crank up the points. And then they cranked it up, and nobody used it. And then they were like, okay, maybe that was too much. And then they came back, and now it's like, it's in a decent spot, right? Like, if you want it, it's still it's still worth taking, but you don't see it just spammed on everybody. I would like it if it did the same thing as East Sims, where, like, no one takes it now. Because here's my problem. I still want to take it at 12 points. But I'm not going to put it on... Like, I think at one point I had, you know, you have two commanders each with Vigilance. I don't think you do that anymore. Yeah, that's, it, you're I think paying that, a I think huge that conversation's gone that. now. Yeah. Because back then that was ten points to do two copies of Vigilance, and now you're not even paying ten points for one copy of Vigilance. You're paying twelve points. So well, I think it's and, a completely different discussion. And now I almost wonder, too, is, like, when you do take Vigilance – are you trying to use it more on the trooper unit so you're getting more value out of it than where I feel like I saw it used a lot, which was like to save a dodge on a hero? I'm st- I think I'm still doing that, even at 12, because it's just so crucial. But I think that comes down to what your uh, – I think it comes down to your faction, your list, and what you're trying to do with that list. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So. Because yeah, it comes because I think it even comes down to like your faction and like what hero you're playing. You know, a dodge a dodge on Leia isn't the same thing as a dodge on Luke. Right. They mean different things entirely. A dodge <laughs> on Rex is completely different than a dodge on Anakin. You know. Right, but if I if I'm taking those upgrades now, maybe I am trying to think more of how to utilize them in a way that's getting more value. 
I don't know. You might be thinking more about the, before it was just like, I've got a command slot free and I like dodge tokens. So boop, there you go. That's all the thought you had to put into it. But now you're actually like, okay, what do I do with this? Yeah. How am I going to get the value out of this 12 point upgrade? Um, as somebody who never played burst of speed ever, because I just don't play force users that much. And when I do play force users, they don't use burst of speed. Uh, Sorry for those guys for <laughs> that it went up from three to ten, but honestly, the way I saw it used, I don't think it should have been three in the first place. Yeah, three three's really cheap, um, and I think if you wanted the ability to get your, um, you know, force user across the field in a turn, you you know that was a really easy way to do that at three points. Yeah. Um, you know, the people that I feel like get hurt are like the Vader. Right, who was yeah. slow? That was a way for him to get across the field and and do that for cheaper. Now he's even more expensive. Dude, Emperor Emperor Pep Pep went up like fourteen points with vigilance and burst of speed each going up seven. Yeah, <laughs> I feel like some of those characters. I mean, it, like it was really good on them, but yeah. now it's like uh, that just seems like it might be too much for them yeah. to to absorb that cost and still be worth the points. I don't know. It's it's still such a good ability, right? Like getting Commander Vader across the field, especially like on an implacable turn where he can do it three times in a turn or in a round or whatever. It's mm-hmm. just it's really good. But I don't know. That's that's a lot. That's a lot of an increase. Yeah. I don't know. I, I definitely don't think you're going to see it, like, just kind of tossed on other people now, because it's, like, at 10 points, it's like, am I really going to take burst of speed on Luke, who already moves two? No, I'm probably just going to take force push instead for the same right. price, right? right. Like, Because it was an auto-include for, like, every force user when it came out, and I was just like, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know if that's the case. I think it still goes on your your Yodas and your Vaders, though. Yeah, I just think I th- you might, because like you said, yeah, I, it, it's a really good effect to have on those characters that really need it. But your two-speed characters, you know, your Lukes, your Anakins, I don't think they're taking burst of speed anymore. Yeah, whereas if you needed to drop a couple points, you could before do it. Like, well, let me put burst of speed on instead of something else, because then it'll get them in. Maybe I don't need force reflexes anymore because I'm just going to get into combats, like, you know, with people or something, but mm-hmm. now you're like, uh, you're not putting burst of speed on everybody. <laughs> right. Well, that's uh, that's all the point changes that we got, Paul. So, um, overall thoughts? Good? Bad? Yeah, again, I, I, I think a lot of the stuff kind of was, again, not surprising. There was, there's a couple of them that I would not be surprised if we see um, changed again in the future. <laughs> Some of those, like, huge points increases, like, again, uh, the, the ion spam, I don't. That's a, that's a, that was a big increase in points that, for yeah, that, that, was a for big that gun. Um, big increase on vigilance seemed. We'll see. We'll see how how much it still gets we'll used. Because it's a, it's a good upgrade, right? Like these things, it's there's a reason they got increases. But, yeah. Um, the the stuff I'm really excited about seeing is 
or the clones uh, and kind of where they got their points drops to see if that helps them at all. Yeah, I agree. Do do we see more arcs on the table finally? Because here's the thing, like I have, I have my boxes of arcs. I don't, I don't think I've ever used them. I've used them. I mean, they're cool. I like them. They're just like, yeah, you're like, why am I bringing so many of these when they're so expensive? Yeah, but I, I think th- the um, I think with the five hundred first, this is going to be a huge change for them. Oh, for sure. Yeah, five hundred first might actually see the field now. Yeah, with that combination, I think that's good. And that's that was one of those things. I think that you know, death troopers were out, and then the art troopers came out, and just because of the lore and like how things are. I think everyone was like, oh, our troopers are going to be like death troopers and they're going to be, they're going to be sweet. And they were just very, they've been lackluster for a long time. Yeah. <laughs> Other than the sniper teams, right? Cause just everybody ran sniper teams just all right. the time. But Which, then, hey, now you might again, cause they went down three points. Ooh. Yeah. I mean, they still, they still took that hit. Uh, well, a couple yeah. of hits, right? Like, right. of how low profile works, making the other sniper teams a little better. bit better, yeah. removing the critical, yeah. like, that there's, you know, so they're still, they're fighting some of that stuff too, so. Mm-hmm. All right, well, I mean, I'm, I'm more or less in agreement with you as far as those point changes go. I think we are going to see some of those probably come back around next time and maybe, cor- and maybe course correct a little bit. Um, but, Overall, everything that the I'm not going to say I wanted everything on here. What I'm saying is what I wanted to see happened on this on this point change. Like the two things that I wanted were Gar to get a lot of point decreases and I wanted to see pikes go up. I didn't yeah. want to see I didn't want to see either of those happen in a huge margin. Like I didn't want to see clones drop like 10 points across the board because then it'd be busted. Uh but to see everything go down like two points there, four points there, great. Um, that's exactly what I wanted. And then having the pikes go up, again, not in a huge margin, but by, like, five points or less, which is what exactly what happened on everything, perfect. That's all I wanted. Everything yeah. else I got after that was a bonus. The CIS like- stuff that happened, I didn't know I wanted. And then I was like, no, you know what? You're right. I did need that. I do like seeing too, like kind of like you were talking about when they do smaller incremental points changes and not a ton of drastic. the really drastic. Like, oh my gosh, this is too good. We have to, you know, we have to hit it with the nerf pad. <laughs> oh man, vigilance is so good. Let's take its point cost and double it, and more than double it, and then add that to its point cost. Yeah, like this again. They Ugh. not with everything, but. Right. Like, right. they did a lot of small ones this time, and I, I think the small ones are better because you can always you can always go back and still keep increasing, right? Like, right. In, increase it by three, four points. Doesn't do it. Like, still, you still see it. One more. And then increase it again. Yeah, like, yeah. keep slowly getting there until you get to the spot. Because uh, I just always, I always go back to E-stems, right? Like, yeah, it was like whoa, and then twelve <laughs> points, and then no one uses it, and then, <laughs> and then we're and like, the okay, we'll, we'll come back a little bit. <laughs> they were like, and will you use it if it's eight points? And then some people were like, yeah, yeah, okay, and there, yeah. So I, I think you're right. I think this was a lot of uh, this. This did feel very refined as far as point cha- point changes go. 
So I think this is like the ideal point change that you want to see. You know, you're going to see one or two things that are going to get big changes because those are dominating the meta, like competitively. They're no brainers that were unintended to be that good in the current state. But then everything else is just like a really fine dialing of one or two, three points here and there. And I think that's like the ideal point cost you want to have because it's just fine tuning and not like throwing rocks in a river and hoping that you hit. Yeah, I I think you want to get like when you have a really healthy game and a really good balance of units, right? You you want one of those things where there's never a unit that is like you have to take these. If you don't take these, you're just wrong. And you don't want the other side of that either, right? That that unit is so bad you should never take it. And if someone sees it on the table, they laugh at you for taking it. So, like, finding that in-between, and lots of times, it's a difference of just little tiny point tweaks here and there, right? It's not much. Um, But sometimes those things can just be those no-brainer picks that everyone just takes because they're just too good not to. And then there's other things that always just get left home just because they're just slightly too expensive. So, I, I like the constant tweaks and uh, you know, it, it, they are committed to doing this and making changes, and uh, that's good. I'm glad that they are. Well, as it stands, we're going to move to our next thing and try to keep it relatively short. But uh, the other new rules that we've got were line of sight changes, which I'm still hesitant to really dive into, so we're not, because I don't, like, fully get all of the rules that they put in, plus it's not a complete, you know, this isn't the entire line of sight section, I don't think. It's going to interact with other rules that we haven't seen yet. But the basic broad strokes are the bigger vehicles are going to have a silhouette, quote-unquote a silhouette. It's not a physical silhouette like you could make for a small base trooper. It's like a metaphorical silhouette, and it gives you the guidelines of how you would make that. Because it, unlike a small base trooper, it is completely dependent on the exact model that you're looking at. Whereas small base troopers all kind of share the same silhouette, and that's why you can make one of those. But with the other models, it's very dependent on what model it is you're looking at to make that silhouette. And and, um, and that makes oh, sense, that, right? Because like yeah. an ATST has a different silhouette than a super than a tank. tank. Exactly. Yeah. So. Um, so I'm not totally against that. Um, then there's also little changes here and there as to they've taken out terrain scoping. So if you've ever been terrain scoped, if you don't know what that is and you've never had it happen to you, good. You never have to worry about it now. Um, but if you have had it happen to you, you've been playing the game long enough and you played with somebody who is, who got themselves into just a position where they sniped your unit leader or your heavy before anyone else, uh, that's not going to be a thing anymore. So that's nice because they're making it so that if you can see one dude in your squad, everyone in your squad can take wounds, which sounds bad at first, but then there's some inherent good things about it uh, that could actually come out of that. The allocation of wounds is also going to be more up to you, uh, the owner of the unit who's taking the wounds, which is also... Uh, not a, it's not, that's not a drastic change, I don't think, but I think it'll create a couple nuances that are interesting. And then 
measuring line of sight is going to be based differently on the silhouette. It's not from the same exact like center point anymore. You can now measure line of sight from just about any point on the silhouette, which I initially thought, you know, was a good, you know, simple change. And then, you know, Paul, we were talking a little bit before the show and you kind of pointed something out to me and I was like, oh, you know what? That's that you might be right. I think it's going to cause a little bit of an unintended issue. Um, you go ahead and you, 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 I, I'll let you share that. I just, uh, it's just one of those things. No matter what the rule is going to be, right? There's going to be an unintended consequence in some way, shape, or form. It might right. fix, you know, ten things, but that eleventh thing makes it a little wonky now. Whereas before, that eleventh thing wasn't really a, a thing um, right. or a big deal or whatever it was. Um, and and again, we don't have all the rules, so we don't know what it's going to look like. But the the unintended consequence of uh, that I was kind of thinking about was because you can draw a line of sight instead of from the center of the unit to center of the unit to see if it goes through terrain, you could kind of use the corner of your silhouette to get around a little bit of a terrain piece. So it's just adding a different dynamic of where you're looking now instead of like that center to center point being able to go from all these different areas of the silhouette especially it's not really as big of a deal in a trooper unit right because that silhouette is not that big right but when you're talking about the silhouette of uh an aa5 that's a big silhouette that's now, a big Elvis. long silhouette that right. has multiple all of a angles sudden, depending on the front of the back yeah absolutely and that that center point of that bus is a big space away in game terms from that back of the bus or the front of the bus. And now being able to draw from the silhouette kind of wherever it might be, um, could add for some areas of unintended, you know, kind of like shenanigans with line of sight and cover and all of that. Now, again, we don't know all the rules, so we'll see how it all pans out with the rest of, you know, what they come out with and all of that. But I'm, I'm interested to see. I think the thing overall with these rules, though, is it seems like they're trying to simplify some of these interactions. Right. So that way you can focus more on having fun with your little Star Wars toys and rolling dice and not so much on the... Uh, where do I have to put this exact guy so he doesn't get shot out by that thing if they move there? And, like, it takes the, a little more of, like, the chess piece out of it and a little more of the, well, we're going to stand in these gun lines and shoot each other, and whoever right. wins this shootout, uh, you know, is going to is gonna win the game. And now it's more, well, it is an objective game, and it needs to stay an objective game. And so in order to get that unit off of the objective, I can't just sit here and shoot at them with a the gun line. I'm going to have to run my troops out so I can see them a little bit better, so I can get around this corner, so I can kill more of them than just seeing one or two of them. So right. I, I, overall, I think some of these changes are going to be good things. The, the feel-bad moment, I mean, you talked about your heavy getting sniped. I remember early on when those rules, you know, were in effect doing uh, Leia's coordinated bombardment and killing a sniper team and two DLTs out of two different units in yep. that one attack. And that 
that was on turn one of the game. It felt really bad for my opponent to lose essentially three heavy weapons in one go because of the terrain scoping like rules um, and just how they were played out. And so I think that's really good too for newer players because that was one of those nuance rules that you once you were in that feel bad moment you remembered that forever and it was a terrible feeling and it's Um, something that changes the way that you play that you have to play the game if you want to like stand up competitively because that was like we said it earlier the way you put it i think is good this is a skill that i don't think you need for this game yeah, you, you but shouldn't like, need the, to have that skill. <laughs> you shouldn't need to have the skill of, I place my unit leader here, but I'm going to place all like my heavy in this specific spot, and then I'm going to place these guys in these specific spots. Now, obviously, you're still doing that for cover purposes, which I think is fine. That's yeah. not a, I don't think that's like chess to do that. Um, but I think, yes, in order to not get terrain scoped, you were having to play chess. And I think that that and you and then you said you know like that's not a a skill that you should need to have because I remember saying like I got burned by it a bunch year one competitively and I had to kind of learn trial by fire where I should put my heavies when I put my guys down and where I should put my other guys so that I don't get terrain scoped and I was right. like and I, and I was telling you I was like I feel like I was finally getting like I was pretty good at that now like I feel like I've got that down pat. And now that is going away, and I'm fine with it. But, like, when I was saying that, I was like, yeah, I feel like I kind of have that down pat. You were like, that's good, but, like, I don't feel like that's a skill you should have to need to play this game. And I was like, I completely agree. (laughs) Yeah, it was just one of those things that, I again, I think that was an unintended consequence of the rules. Correct. uh, I think so, too. Um, it It was one of those things that I, I think the intent was you need to be able to see units to kill them. Right? Right, obviously. Makes sense. That makes sense. The unintended consequence was, well, now if I can only see this one part of the unit, now I can kill just that thing. Just that part, right. Yeah, and so and that created some of those feel-bads. So now I, I think, again, it's going to simplify some of that movement. It might save some time with people moving, because now, like you said, right, you're still going to decide, okay, I want – most of my unit to be hiding behind this building because I don't want them to get shot at. Um, But I want to get on this objective too. And so now like some of your units are protected a little bit from that. Well, they are, but at the same time they're not because now as long, because now that you, if you can see one model in the unit, you can kill the whole unit. Right. You can kill the whole unit, but then it'll be limited to how many, wounds worth of stuff you can see, right? So Well, I don't think it is, right? I think they just said as long as you can see part of the unit, you can assign or like wounds can get assigned to models that you can't see. Yeah, I I would unless I'm unless I read it wrong. My I mean, I might have read it, it wrong too cause, Well, and yeah, what I was yes is that you could always so if I just had my unit leader sticking out and you shoot at my unit you you don't snipe the unit leader instead. Like, I, I still have to assign wounds to people that are out of line of sight. Correct. But so the but. thing that I thought that I read that was different was 
if you let's say I have my I have a, just a four man squad and I only have a unit leader and one extra guy that you can see, the max amount of wounds that I can take in any one attack would be two, because those are the, that's the max amount of people that you could see to kill. Hmm. That Maybe was my understanding. That was my understanding of when I was this reading, is, which, again, I could be wrong, but... This is an excellent... I was going to say, this is an excellent point for everyone to uh, remember. Slow down and read what's going on, because it's not super... It's not always put in a super clear way that makes a lot of sense. Don't just jump and be a troll and scream at the rule, because you might have read it wrong. Because, like, Paul and I have two different versions of what we read that I think don't totally line up, but it's definitely because one of us, like, didn't read everything, and it's probably me, but that's fine. Um, well, or we just we just read into certain areas differently. Differently, than, right. Yeah, and then it caused, other. like, yeah, and causation turned into a whole different ruling in general by that point. Um, but, yeah, because uh, I think that's the problem that everyone had when... But that's another problem on AMG's part, where they just kind of gave you this small snippet of the rules and then, like, let loose and just said, there you go, like, there's your there's your tease. And it's, like, it's not the same as, like, showing me part of a unit card. It, like, whereas, like, I'm like, oh, you know, there's other aspects. It, it is and it's not, because it's like, oh, there's other aspects of this unit card that I'll get revealed and then maybe this part will make more sense or will... I can't just, like, look at a new unit and be like, it has four health. And then me be like, I like, I'd be like, Oh cool. Okay. It has four health. Whereas like with the rules, when you say, here's this bit of line of sight, well, the rules all interact with each other. Everything interacts with each other, much like the force. Everything's <laughs> intertwined. And you can't just show a snippet of something and not even like a complete part of it. And then, Unfortunately, like, you can show it to some people and they'll just be like, oh, okay, you know, this unit has four health. Cool. Um, there are absolutely is going to be, and I'm, and it's a, and it's a sad part that Legion was, the Legion community was definitely not this year one, but nowadays you're going to have so many people who are just going to be up in arms immediately because they read one part of this rule. They read it wrong or they just read this and they don't understand the rest of it because it's still coming and they're going to and they're going to make a whole argument, they're going to make a whole case as to why this is bad and then they're just going to run rampant with it and everyone's going to be listening to these loud voices that are wrong. Yeah. And that's about as political as I'd like to get <laughs> on uh, on on that take, but um Slow down, read your rules, and don't go causing fights on the internet. And that's that's good rules for life. Um, the other rule that we got, Paul, which I'm actually far more interested in than looking at dumb line of sight, we got a pass mechanic. Yeah. This is really interesting to me. This is, this is a tease that you can show me that I'm very interested in, and you can give it to me independently, and I can be totally invested with it. Um, the way that a pass is going to work. So, I can read this because it's really short. The active player passes uh, chooses to either activate a friendly unit with a face-up order token, or to draw an order token randomly from an order pool and activate a unit that has the order token's rank. 
that's what we used to have. Now, if a player, oh, and then if a player draws an order token with a rank that does not have any corresponding units, remove that token and randomly draw another one and keep going. Um, alternatively, the player now has the option to pass. A player may pass if they have fewer remaining orders than their opponent. To see how many remaining orders a player has, add together the number of face-up tokens that their army has on the battlefield, in that player's order pool, and on their command cards. Uh, when a player chooses to pass, they do not activate a unit, and their turn ends. A player may only pass once per round. I think this is a really good addition, and I like the way that they're balancing it. It already comes in pre-balanced. It doesn't say, like, only one person has access to this pass ever in a round. It's not like, at the start of the turn, whoever has fewer activations gains the pass. Because the player who has the fewer activations could very well switch mid-round. So both players have access to this pass. It's just, it's a catch-up mechanic, and I think it's very well balanced to let whoever's trying to catch up catch up. Because if you had way too many, if you were playing a 13-act list versus a 9-act list, huge disparity. Huge disparity between the two. And now, with the fewer activation count, kind of buffs their activation count by one with this mechanic. Which I think is really cool. I really, I really like this change. Yeah, I. Uh, this is something that my uh, local group had talked about a lot uh, when Armada. We were playing some Armada, and it has a pass mechanic in mm-hmm. it, and it's not the same. It's not the same pass mechanic, but correct. It. It adds that, it gave you that, right? Like you talked about, this kind of catch-up of when you, let's say you start off a game, right, and you just get diced pretty hard, and all of a sudden you're down two activations in round one. That statistically probably shouldn't have happened, right? Yep. Sometimes that that's enough. Your, your opponent is out-activating you by so many activations that for the remainder of the game they're just going to have you know two three activations where they just get to go and you can't do anything about it yep and now this is going to take some of that away right if you get into a position where even if you just like make a mistake right oh man i left that unit out in the open and they got obliterated well now you can you know, kind of like you were talking about, well, now I'm down activations. I can use this pass mechanic to kind of wait out my other units that are left mm-hmm. and not, and not it, not have it snowball on me. Right. Like not because I made a mistake with one unit. Now I have to force another unit into a not optimal position because I have to make something happen now. Right. Right, and I I can't just wait for my opponent to go previously because I have less activations than them, so they're not going to move their unit out in the open until after I would have the opportunity. So now, yeah, it's just going to give opportunities for those moments to happen where you are not just having your game slip out of your hands, and then everything is just snowballing on top of you. 
You know what faction is going to benefit from this the most, Paul? Republic. Go ahead. You're right. Because <laughs> I think this gives the armies that have, or the lists that have, I would say, honestly, 10 and fewer activations. You could, like, in this common, uh, in, in, like, the game state that we are right now, you could take those lists and bump them up by one activation for free. Yep. And what that would do to your list, like, let's say I've got a nine-act list that I'm, like, I'm not super confident with this list right now because it's, you know, nine acts compared to my opponent's 11. Um, now, with literally no change at all to my list, my activation count goes up to 10. Yep. And a 10 versus an 11 is so much less disparate, like, so much less of a, of a, of a great pit of difference that it's now a lot more manageable. Yeah, there were, there were times specifically with lists like Gar that I was, I, I would sit there and be like, okay, well, I think I'm going to drop two heavies out of my trooper units to add one more naked trooper unit. So essentially going from, yeah, just to get one more activation, essentially having three next to useless units. Right. Just to get one more activation. And so now, it's great. Now I'm going to be more like, no, I'm, I'm putting heavy, I'm going to drop yeah. an activation by one, but I'm going to put, like, I'm going to deck these trooper units out. I'm going to give exactly. them all heavies instead. Like, you can, yeah, push it the other way a little bit. Now, again, drastically, it's, you're you're not going to bring a six activation list and have no, this no. one pass mechanic save you <laughs> from a thirteen activation droid list, right? No, like, no, no, no. it's just that's not going to happen. But if you do run into a thirteen activation droid list and you have nine or ten, now all of a sudden it doesn't feel quite as bad, right? You're not because that you far could, behind them now. You could sit there and wait, right, with your big tank. And wait one more turn, so that way they have to move something out mm-hmm. that you can then blast with that tank. Or, and then you know, the playing field. Yeah, absolutely. So I I really am interested to see how that mechanic plays out um, in this game, and I think it's gonna it's gonna make some more. It's going to give you some more options for some of those elite lists, right? To really deck out some of your troop units yeah. rather than leave them as naked units. That was my main thing is I'm I'm excited to see that this is going to incentivize you to make those elite squads like we were talking about like with how clone upgrades went down in points. Yep. This makes it even more incentivizing for you to take those upgrades on clones and stuff because and and honestly with anybody, I'm honestly like rethinking Ladies Night with just the pass mechanic. Yep. And I'm almost like I could almost cut like I was worried about like my activation count being exactly what it was because uh and like keeping all my dudes the way that they were i'm honestly thinking about like cutting a strike team and then just buffing and like spending those 40 some odd points or like 50 some odd points in like pure upgrades for everyone else yep and and then i'd still be at the same activation count like it just feels good yeah absolutely i think there's a lot of things like um one of the things that i thought of and this is a minor Thing sure. uh, with this pass sure. mechanic, but Bosk line and wait. That's oh my god, token, yeah, <laughs> right. Like it's just another, another aim token, token that you get. Yeah. <laughs> so like again, do you take? Are you going for that double bounty list or whatever? You know, and maybe it's less activations because you're spending extra points on those bounty hunters. Mm-hmm. But now all of a sudden, it doesn't feel as bad because 
you want to no. wait with Bosk anyway, right? So yeah. now I just sit and wait an extra turn for it. So it, it's going to be interesting. I think I think there's still going to be a sweet spot of activations, right? Uh, you know, there's going to be some lists that do well that are 12, 13 activations. And, but now I think we're going to raise the floor a little bit. Exactly, um, and that's what it, I like is it's, it raises the floor, but it doesn't also raise the ceiling. Right, yeah, it's it's going to make it so those eight and nine activations were like eight, we were talking, like I was talking about earlier, right, where people would kind of like laugh at you if you brought eight right. activations. Now, eight activations might be really scary. Like an I, eight I activation agree. clone list that has all six-man clone units with medics in them, all of a sudden you're like, man, that's a lot of red saves and a lot of healing, <laughs> and am I going to be able to get through all that firepower? Mm-hmm. And I think that's the other thing, too, for Gar that it does help is when you, if you're down activations and then you're fire supporting on top of that, oh, it yeah. felt even worse, right? Because like sometimes yep. you were just like, well, now I just blew through all of my nine activations and five activations, I, I and now I just a fourth sit here. of my activations just <laughs> <Yeah>. now. <laughs> yeah, it, like sometimes you could even do that, right? Like split fire with a tank with two fire supports, and like I just yep. use three activations in one. Well, now if you're down in activations to begin with, you can catch back up a little bit with that fire support mechanic too. So yep. just another another option for guard to to get back in it a little bit more, which is good. I I like I like that. I will be really interested to see how it, it gets fully implemented and and how it you know how it Man, plays out. It even might make fire support really good because if both players are tied at ten activations Neither of them are getting that pass mechanic, but as soon as the Gar player uses fire support, they get the pass mechanic, and they get to stay at 10 activations. <laughs> oh, Gar. Gar, you're getting sneaky. Yeah, it's interesting. So, again, like, there's... Whenever there's a rule change, there's going to be some unintended consequences, whether right. they're good bad, indifferent, uh, there are just going to be some things that, you know, there are playtesters. They do a good job. They find a lot of things. But it's hard to find everything that thousands of people, you know, will find. Right. With A think tank of five people is different from a think tank of 5,000 people. Right. So, you know, eventually we're going to find some stuff, just right. like any other time. But I think overall the the thing to, I think, take away from all of this is they're trying to – I think they're trying to make the game a little bit easier as far as, like, when we're in the middle of playing, right, not playing this chess game of every little miniature right. all the time. There's a right. reason that this is a squad-based game. It should be based on the squad, not every little individual person. Um, and and they're trying to take away those feel-bad moments, and I think this is another one of those feel-bad moments, right? When you're down activations by so many, just adding this pass mechanic is going to make it feel a little bit better. Or list-building, yeah. Like, even with list yeah. building, right? List, it, I, yeah, this starts at list building. This starts list building with a completely new mindset, too. Right, because all of a sudden you have some lists that were not, you couldn't even consider them. 
which now you're like, oh, well, yeah, I could do an eight activation, really elite guard list and probably be okay. Yeah. It, is it still going to be the It best? raises the floor yeah. up by one activation, which, yeah. yeah, is dynamically different for a lot of, for a lot of people's play styles and lists because I know that those, those people that like the eight activation, nine activation lists and that, and their activation count was their only <laughs> downfall. Those yep. people are celebrating or should be celebrating so much right now. Yeah, absolutely. Like I, I honestly, one of the lists that I like want to like think about making now is like a, like a gar list that has double sabers and just six clone trooper units. Obi Wan and Anakin. Like yeah, or an Obi Wan Anakin list. You know those yeah. kinds of things where it's like all of a sudden now you might be able to do something interesting. And I think. Uh, the other thing that I, th- I saw some people online mentioning too, what does this pass mechanic do to standby tokens? True. Because now like, oh, I have that standby, um, on deploy the garrison. I have those out there. I'm down activation. So now I can wait even a little bit longer before having to use those units that have these standbys mm-hmm. and get rid of them. Like, I have to force my opponent to play around that for even a little bit longer now. So, yeah, there's yep. going to be some interesting things to see how they, like, play out. And, of course, you know, there, there are some smart people out there that are going to come up with some crazy stuff to go along with these rules. Oh, yeah. There are those, there are those mean, evil, gamey people that come up <laughs> with stuff like Din's Ambin Rifle and Dynamic Exit. Yeah, who would do that? <laughs> filthy, filthy people. Filthy jerks. <laughs> Obviously, people who don't want to have fun with everyone for Legion. Yeah, they want to make people <sighs> quit before they even start the game. Right. <laughs> uh, oh, Paul, something that I did forget to mention earlier that I can share on the podcast now because I've shared it on the page um, that we didn't... that. So, funny thing, last last episode we recorded, uh, the November episode, I told everyone that we were going to have some kind of, like, next merch item that we could start giving away, but I wasn't going to say what they were yet until I had them in hand. Yeah. Uh, Paul, Paul can tell you this, literally, like, 20 minutes, maybe 15 minutes after I hit the stop recording button, those things arrived in the mail. Paul was still in the call. <laughs> yeah, we <laughs> and uh, we and I was like, "Well, you're gonna see this get unboxed because it just it literally just arrived as we finished recording." So uh, I do want to share real quick that we got uh, that Dice Time has got stickers and Dice Time has got wait for it mugs. I don't know awesome. any other Legion podcast that's offering mugs, Paul. No, I don't either. <laughs> so we've got those. I've got so many stickers to give away. Um, so if you want stickers or you want a mug, just meet one of us in person. You know, we're both, and I don't want to get into a whole thing about it right now, but we're both going to Adepticon, right? Yep, yep. I so will come see us at Adepticon. I will bring this box full of mugs, however <laughs> many I have left. I, I did get a box full of them, so I, I've got a good number. Um and the stickers, I've got, uh, I've got so many that I could just throw them like confetti at, at Adepticon. I won't because I don't want to get in trouble, but uh, I could. 
uh, and then I and then I even got like a poster and something like something else that I'm that I'm we might turn those into I might make more posters you know we might do something like that uh, if people have that kind of interest but um, but I got all of that stuff um, best best meetup opportunity if you go back to uh, our Gen Con episodes uh, I talk about we talk about how we played Funkoverse. One of the people that we met playing Funkoverse was my new buddy Chong, who he is a guy he works in, he works in promotional items and stuff. And we met up and we met during Funkoverse year one, and he came back like we came back year two to play it again because he had so much fun with it. And so we've just hit it off since then, and like we've been we've been talking ever since year one and stuff, and we've just been. Going back and forth, talking about stuff. He's gonna get. He's getting into Legion. I'm actually painting up my biggest commission ever that I've ever done, which is a whole core set, and I'm painting that up for him. And so that's that's a whole that's a whole fun thing. That was that was Chong. You're awesome. I don't know if you're listening to this, but you're awesome. Um, yeah, that, yeah. That we want to get awesome. that stuff. Looks really really good. I'm excited for people to get their hands on it for sure. I ran. I, I gave stuff away at the dynamic exit event. I've given stuff away at my local store already. Um, I brought the mug to work <laughs> and just, yeah, just set it on my desk there. And I'm like, "Yep, that's where that's going." Um, yeah, if you're one awesome. of those, if you're one of those people that has too many mugs, uh, consider this. This could be your new paint cup for water or your brushes. Hey, you know. Yeah. No, it's really good. I uh, there's a lot of uses for mugs for sure. I uh, I'm excited. I'm excited for them for sure. Really quick before oh. we get to this closure, I want to yes, go, go back ahead. and revisit because I found the the post again for the line of sight. So I wanted to read this oh, so people clarify. knew what I was yeah talking about and clarify. why I why I was thinking what I was thinking. Okay, it's at the very bottom of the line of sight rules. There's a little box, and it talks about. Um, like which units can suffer wounds during an attack okay. has now been adjusted. So what they have written here is when a unit suffers wounds from an attack, if the attacker has line of sight to only some of the miniatures in the defending unit, the defending unit cannot suffer wounds greater than the total wound threshold of the miniatures that are in line of sight. Interesting. So, but hasn't that always been the case? Like, not being able to shoot at units, like, take wounds on units you can't see? That, but that's not, I don't think that's what this is saying. I think this is capping out the amount of wounds that you can take, but the previous rules that you were talking about with you being able to take wounds on any unit, I think that now it's meaning that you can take wounds on units that, cannot or on models that cannot be seen. Oh, right. Okay. So if you can so only, you can only see out. one unit, you can only kill one unit, but it doesn't mean that it's that unit. Right. That's, God, or, that's like, or not unit, I should say model. model you can only see yeah. one model and you're only going to deal one wound, but the new change with that new change, it's it's not going to be that model necessarily right. it doesn't have to it necessarily be. be that model it could be that's your choice uh but it doesn't have to be okay yeah, it, i un- it, okay i understand now so now we're not okay this makes much more sense to me now so that, <laughs> and, that's and i like this again, a lot more now 
again, that's my interpretation of it. So no, it, it I, seems and I think like you're it, right. It seems like it's going to give the player who ha- who owns the unit the the choice when they are taking those wounds that are because of line of sight things like that. Well, do mm-hmm. I want to leave my unit leader out here on the objective because I kind of need him to score that objective, or do I just take him off? Right. And replace him and save my unit from being shot further for the rest of the round. Right. So, again, I think it's going to give you a little more control on that. But, again, if I'm reading it correctly, it's also going to add for some really interesting plays when you're getting into things like, I, I always bring up the VAPS one, right? Because you have a unit leader on a VAP, you place that VAP at the beginning of the game, like, right next to a building, so you can kind of claim it with a unit leader, but everyone else is hidden. Well, yep. now you can do that, and it's going to take a really long time if someone can only see your unit leader who's touching the VAP. To and do one wound at a time. Yeah, to only do one wound at a time while the rest of your unit is just hiding behind the building. So that's going to be interesting. And again, it, the, the un, well, unintended or intended consequence of that is it's going to make the game a little more dynamic, right? Because now, in order to get my unit off that VAP, you're going to have to move around the building. You can't just sit and have a gun right. line shoot your, out your choices, me. Your choices now are shoot me six separate times, or move once, or twice maybe, and take me all out at once. Right. I but like, then maybe I like putting this. you in a not so optimal position, right? Because you had to come around to stop me from doing something, which then played this kind of rock, paper, scissor game of right, but you got me, but now I can get you with this unit, right. and now that unit all of a sudden's out, so now you can cut you know, it's gonna be back this more back and forth. Right. Game. And fun, and a fun game is very ebb and flow. So Absolutely. I think that's I think that's so I think that's a good yeah, and I think that's the I think that's the intent of their rules here. I think, I think it was. that they want their games to to be a little more fluid like that, to have the back and forth, um, you know, and, and to feel good when you're doing that, right? Because that's what right. I love those games of Legion when you come down and it's the last die roll because you both just played a close game back and forth, and like you know right. something bad's happened to you, and then something good happens to you, and you're just like, oh man. It's going to be so tight. I just finished one of those last night um, that I'll talk about probably in our next episode um, during my league. And it was just such a back-and-forth game at the beginning. I was like, well, I lost this one. And then it was like, oh, I might be able to get this. And then I was like, oh, I'm going to win. And then it was like, oh, man, I don't know if I got this anymore. <laughs> and, that, like, and it came down to the very last die roll of the game, and it was epic. And that's what... That's what we all enjoy, like about this game, is the yep. when we get to those really epic moments that happen. And I think these rules are going to add to some of those, you know, narrative uh, pieces that we always talk about. Like, man, I had that one. I had my one full squad of clone troopers. My elite clone troopers were standing on this objective, just like absorbing hits, like all game long, like holding this objective, and mm-hmm. you know, and it's going to add to stories like that. Uh, you know, so much more. Or, like, having a fleet trooper unit. Yeah, my fleet trooper unit ran around this building and lit up this unit that was on the objective that no one else in my army could see, and they were the only ones that could do it. You know, it's <laughs> just going to add to stories like that, and I think that's that's healthy for this game, for sure. I think so, too. 
Yeah, so I, I'm excited with that, you know, coming to the end of the year with some of these exciting pieces of information that we're, you know, finding out, and it'll be really exciting as we close this chapter and, and you know, go into the next one. Absolutely. So, yeah, like, we're we're closing out this episode. We're also closing out the year. So yeah. the whole year of Legion, we've seen the end of Legion Several times. How many times did the game get updated this year? Every time. <laughs> it was the end of Legion, according to Facebook and, and Discord. Yeah. <laughs> but um, but uh, it's still going, and we're still going to have a new game next month, technically. And then in a couple months after that, we are going to have a new game. It'll be Shatterpoint, which is also the end of Legion, apparently. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. And there's... There's so much. There's so much that us Star Wars fans and miniature game fans have to look forward to. And so, yeah, that, I think so too. that's what I'm hanging on to here at the end of the year, uh, utilizing some of that, you know, holiday spirit to, <laughs> to, to bring optimism to where right. <laughs> you know, my, ga- my games that I play are at. So I'm excited. The future always looks brighter, right? Yeah. At least around I, the holidays. <laughs> yeah, I, I think... I think there's some good things happening. Um, again, been playing a league lately and been seeing some people come back out that haven't played for a while. And it's been fun. And I think that there's, there's some good things that, um, you know, are potentially coming for us in this game. So, Yep. And uh, most of them are coming next month. Yep. I'm excited for that. So we'll, have a, we'll have a lot of good information next month. And then we're also, I'm sure, because I love, we, we love us our narrative play. Uh, I don't know if you, if, uh, anyone else saw the crashed X-Wing. Oh, yes. Scenario, the, that terrain expansion slash scenario is coming out. Uh, the rules on that just got leaked recently, and we're not gonna go into that today, but you bet, you bet I'm gonna be talking about it in the next two months at some point. <laughs> Yeah, I'm, uh, I'm excited. I'm always excited for different scenarios and, and things like that, too. Um, you know, and at some point, there's just going to be... Someone's going to come up with some epic, you know, 12-game series of scenarios and how to play them to make them uh, <laughs> all linked don't, together. Don't give it away, Paul. <laughs> don't let oh, everyone I for, know I our forgot. plan. I forgot that's what we're doing. No, not really, but, I mean, that's, that would be something fun to actually work on because we love our narrative stuff that much. Yeah, no, it, it'll it'll be exciting. I, I yeah. always like having the, you know, other ways of playing the game, too. Um, sometimes it's nice to have that change of pace, so. Yep. All right, well, I think, that, I think that's a good place for us to end it, Paul. You know, yeah. good place to sign off for the year, get this heist ready because we've arrived at our destination, and, uh, you know, if we don't come back, you know how this heist ended. Yeah, I I mean, well, we'll be all right. Yeah, yeah, we'll be all right. That's what everyone says at the end of the year, right? When New Year's <laughs> about to drop, they're like, yeah, we'll be all right, right? <laughs> so, uh, you know, how much how much worse could the next year be than, than like, 2020, for example? <laughs> <laughs> and here we are. <laughs> <laughs> Let's find out. <laughs> All right, so thank you, everyone, for listening, not only uh, just to this episode, but if you've been listening, like, all the way throughout 2022, you know, thanks for another year of listening. Really appreciate it. Paul and I can't be thankful for everyone who's listening to the podcast enough. We really appreciate all the feedback that we get, uh, everybody who talks with us, you know, about, 
you know, the, the kinds of things that come on the show and that kind of stuff. It's, it's really great. I love, you know, I love meeting everybody who listens to the show and just everyone in the Legion community who, uh, just make the year of uh, like make another year of playing Legion feel good and feel bright. So, uh, I, we, we can't be thankful for you guys enough. So I hope I'm hopefully I met, I met up, you know, we met up with a bunch of you guys at Gen Con when we saw people, like I met a whole bunch of new people at Gen Con who were, who like just knew us from the cast. So I'm like, I'm excited to meet even more of those people at Adepticon. So I'm, I'm looking for, I'm looking forward to that. And, uh, you know, yeah, just get out, get start, get, get out, <laughs> play some Legion and, uh, be ready for that, uh, be ready for that point change and rules, uh, or not point change. We already got that. The rules update that we're getting, uh, uh, next month, because I think that's really going to breathe, uh, some brand new life into the game. Uh, yeah, Paul, Absolutely. you got any final words of wisdom for the year of 2022? You know, no pressure. Oh yeah, I mean, I think you're. I think you already touched on it. Get out there, play some Legion. There's a lot of changes. There's a lot of stuff going on uh, right now. Get out there and play again. Um, yeah. I know I've been having fun in our league. Can't wait to tell you guys about some of those games, and I'll have some more that I've played since then. Um, it, it's been fun. I'm excited. Um, I, I'm excited to get some more hobby stuff done now too. You know, get you. Get you sparked doing all the all the fun things that we do with our little toys. <laughs> and hopefully, speaking of, I hope uh, I hope everyone's getting more Legion toys for Christmas and uh, oh, yeah. and other holidays. I hope that's I hope this is your time to uh, to get even more stuff. Uh, I'm not I'm going to shamelessly tell everyone that I bought the uh, the Separatist Invasion box on Black Friday because or on uh, Small Business Saturday because my local game store was having a really good deal on it. <laughs> but um, and I was like, I'm never going to find this for a better price. So, uh, <laughs> but uh, I hope so. I hope the holiday times are your times to uh, start getting new stuff. If it's if it's your intro into the hobby, you know, go back find the find our episodes that like really speak to you as far as like where you're at or the kinds of things that you want to do, because we try to keep this open for people just getting in. Yeah. Um, otherwise I think, yeah, let's, we'll go ahead and call it there. It's been a wonderful year. Thank you so much, everybody for listening. I hope you had a dice time listening to us in 2022. Uh, special thanks for anybody. If we, for for the people that made, uh, we made the top five in their podcast wrapped. I know we made a few people. Hey, <laughs> uh, <laughs> shout out to you guys and then uh, yeah so yeah thank you everybody again and I'm Ben Gentry I'm Paul Watson go out and make next year even better have a good night <laughs>